All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode. Woo! Seriously, oh my God. Father, <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Okay. Somebody left a Thomas the Tank Engine train on the floor, and I've just been thoroughly entertained by it. Because it's like battery powered or something. It's and been obnoxious. Yeah. So he like turns it on and then brings it close to the microphone and then just chills out and then it moves it away. He just does it to annoy us. I have think. you ever noticed though that like we have all these apps on our phones that can do a million incredible things, but then something like a battery powered car can just be so fascinating. I mean, that's a train, but you know. Yeah. Is a train a type of car? Mm. Mm. Box cars are on trains. Right. Answer but me that. They're like they don't. Should I Google this? I don't know. Where's our fact checker when we need him? Oh my gosh! Yeah, Stephen's not here with oh us this gosh. week. Don't worry, guys. I'm googling. Just keep talking while I and Google. You're I our, mean, you're our intern fact checker for yeah. the day. Yeah. Well, and dare we say Jonah didn't want to be the fact checker for this episode? He so. didn't. It's understandable. It's He's got okay. enough on his plate. It's fine. It's fine. He's he'll survive. So as Mary Kate is uh, trying to frantically Google this. I can't believe this is the topic of our banter. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> like, there, Thomas, yeah, the, it's, it's not a car. No. Oh. What is it? I mean, they, they, they have cars, like box cars, railway carriages, but they're not considered. It's not an actual car. Yeah. Well, I guess that makes sense with that movie, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. It would be kind of redundant to talk about trains if it wasn't something separate from an automobile so well, and the an makeup movie. is probably much different in the two between like, what like the mechanics of it i'm saying well i mean yeah one goes choo choo and the other goes vroom vroom oh my gosh <laughs> emma wow are mary kate's children here right <laughs> did anybody else want like a model train set when they were growing up like my aunt and uncle had one that went around their christmas tree i thought it was awesome i always wanted one i want one now for my christmas tree but i don't have one there was a a kid in my class growing up we were actually pretty good friends he was super into trains would draw them all the time and like wanted to be like this train guy and just it was yeah his name was john Uh, i don't know where he's at or what he's doing now but i just remember he loved trains I mean, he knew everything that there was to know about trains, like had little models and everything. That's about my extent that I know about trains. I get stuck by trains all the time. I mean, well, I think everyone does. You could be the patron saint of people who get stuck in traffic from trains. (laughs) I would hate that. (laughs) But you would help sanctify a lot of people. There you go. That's true. That's a good point. Because how frustrated do you get when you're stuck behind a train? Oh, I get frustrated. Exactly. So? Especially with the kids in the car, because if the car stops moving, it's like, This is why we need floating cars. Right? That's what... Like in Back to the Future? I was going to just say, yeah, yeah, it reminds me of Back to the Future. cartoons... Predicting the future, like cars are flying well, around. I mean, like, Back to the Future isn't a cartoon, but yeah, but like other, like the yeah, Jetsons. Yeah, the Jetsons. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I've seen that. What? Uh, you know those hoverboards in Back to the Future? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I've only seen the first one, so I don't know. What? Don't they have the hoverboards in the first one, or is it the second mm-hmm. one that no, they have the No, I think it's in the second one. Okay. That's true. But what was the scientist's name? Oh, Doc. Uh, Doc. Right, and then it was Marty. 
I just remember Doc. What was, what was Doc's last name? Uh, I don't know. Crap. But Marty's last name was McFly. Right. Anyone in there, McFly? Doc McStuffins. That's a kid what? show. <laughs> <laughs> Been watching too much uh, Brother Francis. Wow. And oh my gosh. All these other kids shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brother Francis and Moana have been the biggest things lately. Moana, yes. Um, Doc from Doc. I don't remember. I really don't remember. Steven's going to be so Doc disappointed Brown. he missed two Doc Brown. Is Doc, that, Brown. Is Doc, Doc Brown. Doc Brown. Dr. Okay. Emmett Brown. That's what it was. Wow, I'm glad that we finally uh, got to that. So not to jump into some small talk banter, but we've been having a lot of nice weather, though. At least we had two days of like 70 degree weather. It's yeah. such, it was such a tease, though. It was like beautiful, and now it's back to terrible. I just, yeah, it kind of was. I was totally over the hot weather. Like I was out for a walk, and thirty minutes into the walk, I was like, "Yeah, I'm over this." Not I'm me. ready for snow. I was getting my tan on. Well, you were in Florida. Yeah, I was because right? you were just so. in Florida. Well, yeah, but then I came back and I brought the warm weather with me. Yeah, for so a walking could... two days. Could get back into. <laughs> can you go back and then come back again? <laughs> okay. Yeah, because <laughs> so we can get another two. We've days. got like what thirty degree weather today or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's kind of crappy out and it's yeah, raining. It's insane. Yeah. That insane. you know, father left his sparkling water out in his car and the now it's all blazing flat heat. <sighs> yeah. The cans are burning. At least yeah. he doesn't have any more of that pink grapefruit. That. Ugh. So all right, well, we'll jump into this topic after we've had to catch up for a little bit. It's been a minute. It's yeah. been a hot minute. But so just to give like a, a quick kind of recap of just like we took a little bit of a break just a few weeks off because of things with Lent were just crazy busy for those of us who work in parishes, but also even those who don't it just seemed like life was exploding at an exponentially fast rate. And so just to take a little bit of time so that we could rest and kind of recuperate and then it was Holy Week, and there was like absolutely no way we were going to do anything for Holy Week. And so we're back again. We're thrilled to be back. So in this episode, we're going to talk about Easter, the resurrection, sharing some joys, especially during Holy Week. How did we see the Lord work? And then how has he worked since the resurrection? So I'm actually going to hand the baton off to Father, and he's going to kind of lead us into the episode a little bit more. Yeah, so I, I thought we could start off, yeah, by sharing those graces, and that's something that we've been able to do, because we, we meet kind of as a team outside of just the recordings. We we meet for meals sometimes, and it's just a chance for us to share, like, kind of some graces and struggles, and so, yeah, I thought we could kind of do that sort of live on this podcast. Not so much the struggle parts, but in particular, throughout the Triduum, some different graces. So I can share just a few examples as I was reflecting back on the Triduum, and especially my first triduum as a priest and being mm. able to experience it all from that perspective. I think each day there was a, there was a particular moment that sort of uh, stuck out to me. The first one, so Holy Thursday, I was not expecting to be so moved at the opportunity to wash feet. Mm. So that's something I didn't get to do last year as a deacon because of COVID, we weren't doing that. But this year we had the chance to do that. And so I had that chance to wash the feet of some of the people who were coming into the church through the RCIA process. And it was very humbling and also very convicting as I was like down on my hands and knees mm. and washing these people's feet the way that Jesus did for his apostles at the Last Supper. It was beautiful, but it was, like I said, it was also convicting because it led me to think, has this really been the way that I've been serving these people? Have I really been like a servant leader in this way? So it, it was a beautiful moment, but it also, I think, is encouraging me now moving forward to continue in that spirit. So mm -hmm. that was a really grace-filled moment. 
Good Friday, I would say that one of the powerful moments for me this year, and it's started to become a tradition. Like the last few years, I've noticed this has been something that I've been particularly drawn to is the moment when people have the opportunity to come forward to Mm -hmm. venerate the cross. I think especially as someone in ministry, like people are more willing to sort of reveal their hearts to me and share their story. And so I know the different things that people are carrying. And so when I see them coming forward to venerate the cross, it's like I know for almost every person coming up what cross that they are carrying. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like I'm imagining what that moment must be like as they're up there venerating the cross. So that was another really powerful moment for me and just grateful for the ways in which people let me into their lives and let me see sometimes the struggles that they're going through. It's, It's very, again, humbling for me as well. And then finally, I would share at the Easter Vigil, again, this is something the last few years I found myself getting sort of choked up at, but it's when people are being received into the church. So Mm -hmm. it's either baptisms or confirmation for full communion in the church and just their joy and just their excitement. It's, I don't know, it's just a good reminder for all of us who can maybe take the sacraments or our faith for granted. Maybe we started rolling through the motions and we lost sight of the invisible realities and the graces that are present in those sacraments. But when you see somebody who's so giddy with joy in receiving the sacraments, uh, it just really puts those things into perspective. So those are some of the graces that I noticed during the Triduum from my perspective. So, Wow, awesome. Thanks. Yeah. That's beautiful. Who wants to go next? Mary-Kate. Oh, okay. We're just going to go in a circle, and that's just you're in the next. Sounds good. So we actually didn't make it to Holy Thursday Mass because we had driven all night Wednesday into Thursday to get to Florida, and so we just needed to sleep. And then Good Friday, we were, yeah, we were down in Florida at that point. I actually got really choked up at my brother's parish with, you know, they. I think they had like something like four deacons and three priests or something like that. And just seeing them all come in and prostrate themselves before the altar. It was a really moving moment. That's always been a moving moment, but just to see like all of them just down and just reflecting on the priests in my life and and how they they do that on a daily basis for the community, their their parishes and, and their friends and whatnot. So that was very moving. But also just reflecting on the crosses of motherhood and family life and how Christ is with you in those crosses, whether they be big or small. And so, yeah, Good Friday was just very moving. And then Easter Vigil was really interesting because we had all three kids and I think they all realized that something was going on because they didn't want to fall asleep. (laughs) And so wrangling them kind of took away some of being able to actually fully be present in the mass. But It was still beautiful in that we were still there celebrating the resurrection. Even in wrangling the kids, I I remember having the thought, he is risen, hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just because, you know, you got to find the joy or else you're going to go insane. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, those are kind of some of the, the high points. And then the kids finding their Easter baskets and seeing their joy at just like tearing apart their baskets and Mary Mary Tres got a Saint Tres doll and she's just totally attached to it and so it's yeah it's just the beauty of of experiencing the triduum as a family I guess I, I would say is Beautiful. is what yeah. really hit me this year but what about you Emma so for me uh I love these three days a holy Thursday was interesting it was beautiful so we had uh, we had three candidates and so they presented the oils 
at the beginning, so before Mass begins, the presenting the sacred oils that were blessed and consecrated uh, at the Chrism Mass on Tuesday of Holy Week. And so that just got me choked up because oil has such a beautiful imagery and meaning in the life of the church. And to see these three candidates, you know, so if they're candidates, they've already been baptized, right? They just, they go through confirmation and First Holy Communion uh, at the Easter Vigil. But still to see these three women that are preparing and have prepared to enter into full communion of the church, presenting something so symbolic and something so meaningful for the church was really beautiful. And also the, the foot washing, that's always a moving part. But honestly, I spent most of the Mass helping to orchestrate the altar servers, making sure that they knew what they were doing and where they were going. And there was something in my heart that enjoyed that helping the order of the liturgy flow and allowing like, okay, I'm willing to move around and help these altar servers know where to go and what to do because there were some extra moving parts. You know, there's helping clean up with the feet washing, you know, making sure that the father has water for the to wash and the moving the basins and everything. So there was a lot of moving parts, but there was something about helping making sure the order went smoothly that brought a lot of joy to my heart because God is just a reminder that God is order. And that's how he desires our lives to be, is to order and be ordered to him. So for me, for Holy Thursday, those were like the two things that really stuck out, just the pre- presentation of the oils, but then also uh, helping the, the altar servers, you know, helping the altar servers truly help Father, mm-hmm. right, during the Mass uh, as, it, as it's supposed to be, which is just really beautiful. And so then on Good Friday, just, I mean, it's always beautiful. I think this year, more than anything, hearing the passion reading was hit me differently. I was able to imagine myself in the scenes a little bit more. But I would say even more than that, the solemn intercessions really hit me hard. Hmm. It was It's a reminder that as the church, we don't just pray for those who are in the church. Yeah. I mean, but it goes through the Jewish people those who have fallen away from the church, right? Or who are who are not even part of the church, who don't believe in God, like that these solemn intercessions for all of these different groups of people, it just it makes you realize, wow, we really care about all of humanity. Mm-hmm. Like the church does and God does, because we are praying to God the Father on behalf of all of these people. And so it just is really it was just really moving. To, to hear the intercessions this year, the solemn intercessions. So hmm. for Good Friday, I would say that was something that really stuck out to me. And then I always have the tradition of going home and watching The Passion of the Christ. Oh, uh, we do that too. But we alone. You know, I'm, I'm sitting alone and the blinds are drawn. So it's like dark in my apartment and I'm watching this movie with a box of tissues crying my eyes out. It's beautiful. Sobs. Right. And then on Holy Saturday... We started the day, so we started both Good Friday and Holy Saturday praying the Office of Readings and Morning Prayer here at the parish, and on Holy Saturday, our candidates joined us for prayer, and then we went through, lay a run-through for the Easter Vigil, and just that time of prayer was really beautiful because it was like, you're still in the quiet, you're still in the waiting, Uh, and just to have them, you could feel that anticipation, even from the candidates, that they are waiting, eagerly waiting, and then, I mean, we get to the Easter Vigil, and I mean, I could go on and on about everything that was just like my favorite, but uh, the exultant obviously is really beautiful. And I actually 
like found a PDF copy of the Exalted and sent it to the candidates. I was like, read this before Holy Saturday oh, and, you know, for the idea. Easter vigil. I said, because the imagery is so beautiful and you won't have time to process it as it's being chanted. Right. So I sent it to him and I was, you know, got a little geeky with that. It was like, <laughs> oh yeah, here, just read this. It's a great idea um, to help someone prepare. Right, yeah. right. Because it is, like I said, the, the imagery is just so beautiful. But then to see them being fully initiated into the church was that was probably by far just the most touching mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. the touching moments to see to see them not only be confirmed be sealed with the gift of the holy spirit but then also to receive our lord mm-hmm. uh, for the first time in the eucharist was just absolutely beautiful so uh, so yeah it was just some some great moments and great blessings and which I'm thankful for. And I really appreciated after the Easter vigil, how in our group text, we were all, it was like midnight and we were all texting one another. Happy Easter. <laughs> yep. We were celebrating. Well, yeah, Father, I think your message was, I'm pr- trying to pretend that I don't have the 830 mass or something right, like that. Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's always the case. You stay up really late from the Easter vigil. And then if you're working the church, you have, you know, something Easter uh, right, Sunday right. early in the morning. And it's like, yeah, that made me made me chuckle because <laughs> I was right there with you. Yeah, so. yeah, but yeah. So I would say that's my triduum. Like, good, yeah, good. that's awesome. And now, here we are in the Easter season, and I have a burning question for you, ladies. Go for it. I'm ready. So this is a question I have been reflecting on the last few years, and then somebody at the parish actually just asked me this this morning and said, if you want to follow up with me at a later time, go ahead. So now, not only do I have to think of an answer for myself, but now somebody else is wanting my opinion on this. And I would love your input on this question, okay? So here's a a provocative statement for you, and I'll back up what it is that I mean by it. Lent is easier than Easter. Okay, just mm-hmm. gonna let that sit for a moment. And here's here's why here's why I say that. Here's why I propose that. So Lent for us as 21st century Americans, I think has the temptation of becoming very self-help oriented. Mm-hmm. It's become very sort of self-reliant in my pride. I can measure my results and my progress because I said I was going to do these things or not do these things so that at the end of the 40 days, I can sort of get a sense of, did I do Lent right? Right? There's, there's a sense of I'm doing something, I'm accomplishing something. And so even though Lent is sacrificial, right, there's challenging aspects to it. There's something that I think we like as 21st century Americans because it gives us something to do and we feel like we're making some sort of progress. And even the imagery of Lent is something that we can, I think, grasp onto, right? As we, as we behold the cross, as we reflect on the sufferings of Christ, as we reflect on the themes of sin, which we're all familiar with from our own lives, mm-hmm. like all these things are accessible to us. We can kind of grasp them and we're doing things. So that's why I say in a certain sense, Lent is sort of easy because then what happens is you get into the Easter season like we're in right now. And all of a sudden, the church isn't asking us to do something as concrete as we do in Lent, right? So we're not doing Mm -hmm. Exodus 90 for Easter, where we're doing like these particular things. 
And even the images that, you know, scripture and that the church proposed to us aren't as easy to sort of grasp or wrap our minds around. Like I can look at Jesus on the cross and it's like, I get it. Mm-hmm. But then to think about the risen glorified body of Jesus and like heaven breaking forth on earth, it's like I have a foreshadowing of it, but I, I don't know exactly what that looks like. So there's a lot more mystery wrapped up into the imagery. So my overall question is, how do we live in this Easter season other than just saying, well, it's Easter so I can dip Oreos in my Nutella, right? Which is like, (laughs) that to me is like, okay, it's Easter. So do whatever you want when it comes to food to celebrate. But give me more of a sense of how do we really enter into the season and all the graces that can be afforded to us? Oh, I think you hit the, the nail on the head when you said that there's a greater mystery in the resurrection. Okay. You know, like in Lent, you know, even Holy Week, we can look at a crucifix and we see, okay, that's like a physical reminder, right? We can we can physically wrap our minds in, in, around death because we see it so often. It affects our world every single day. But resurrection, uh, <laughs> as far as I know, Jesus is the only one that has like risen from the dead right. at this point. Now, we are promised resurrection of our bodies, right? That's to come. But we don't know what that's going to look like. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's that mystery there of, well, what is it? Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. yes, the resurrection, Jesus rose from the dead. Like, that is a fact. But other than that, like, what does that mean for us? And so when we go to Lent and we're actually doing things, well, okay, that's so there's concrete examples. We can make our Lenten list or whatever you want to make. But when it comes to Easter and living in the mystery, it means that we have to surrender a part of our understanding or a part of our desire to understand or part of our knowledge. I think I've made this statement before, you know, God is infinite and our minds are finite. You know, like even the greatest theologian would never admit to knowing everything that there is to need to know about God. And why? Because it's a mystery. And so in my thoughts of like, well, how do we enter into the resurrection this time of Easter, which... Really, I mean, even in ordinary time, we're living in the resurrection, right? Sure. And even throughout the Triduum, I mean, even on Good Friday, we behold the wood of the cross, but then we get to behold the lamb. Like, we still behold the Eucharist. We still behold the risen Lord in the Eucharist on Good Friday. And so I think there's an act of surrendering a need to know Hmm. everything, whether it's about the faith or just about, like, really anything in general. Like there's, I think, an act of surrender and just being and sitting in the mystery. And I think our Eastern Catholic brother and sisters, they do a lot better job of just sitting in the mystery, sitting in the awe and wonder of God and who he is. And so to live in that resurrection, living in the mystery Hmm. and just admitting like, yeah, I I don't know everything there is to need to know about this, but that's okay because I know that you are still living. Yeah. You know, so... That's my initial thought is just we want to kind of surrender our wills to be able to know everything or understand everything. Yeah. And that brings up in me like a twofold reaction. On the one hand, it's like, yeah, I think you're exactly right. And I I think that there is that that beautiful aspect of the mystery to be contemplated and whatnot. And at the same time, part of me is still reacting like, but give me something to do. (laughs) Right. right? Like give me homework because that's I think how we're wired. Right. We're like we want to we want to do something. So. There's, there's that tension of, 
living in the mystery and at the same time wanting to do something concrete. So. And the very, you guys, I'm going to talk about the liturgy, right? Surprise! Uh, surprise, shocking, I know. But the liturgy itself holds this tension, sure. right? Because we have the divine and the human. The liturgy holds this tension of it's God who has created the liturgy. It's because of God that we have the liturgy, the act of worship to God. But then we are humans trying to figure it out, you know, and trying to live in it. And so there's that tension of just being able like, well, what is it? And how do we actively engage in something that is infinite, something that is mystery? I mean, that's why at the beginning of Mass, the priest invites us, you know, let's call to mind our sins so as to prepare ourselves to celebrate what? These sacred mysteries, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Sorry, no. I had to. You said tension, and I—that's immediately where my liturgy. brain went. Yeah, <laughs> that the liturgy, like itself, holds this tension between human and divine too. So sure, that's fair enough. And the already and the not yet, right? The Chronos and Kairos, Kairos like we've yes. talked about in previous episodes. So, so yeah, no, I, I yeah. get you. I yeah. get you. I get you. What about you, Mary Kay? Any any thoughts kind of stirring in you with this conversation so far? I feel like, in a sense, my homework, like you said, is to live in the resurrection. In Lent, we live in repentance. And so the church is calling us in Easter to live in joy. And my family growing up, whenever we would come home from the Easter vigil, we'd be having pretty much a full-on party nice like you know blasting hymns that had alleluia dancing around we would say to each other the, the phrase christus resurrexit and then the other people would respond resurrexit vere alleluia you know and that means christ is risen he is risen indeed alleluia and so just starting with easter vigil and for the next days of the easter season leading up to the Ascension and then the days after that with Pentecost, Holy Trinity, Corpus Christi, just living in that joy and breathing that in and just being absolutely ecstatic because he is risen, he is victorious. And we have to remember that, like live in that that victorious mood. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the church is calling us to do in a sense. And Easter is to live in joy, live in victory. And then we'll get back to the daily grind once we hit ordinary time. But for Easter, let's just live in that that absolute beauty of Christ's resurrection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, I guess that's my take on it. Sure, sure. Allow Jesus to be your cause for joy. Oh, no. See what we did there? Product placement for our own product that people are already listening to utilizing if they're listening to this episode yeah anyways um, (laughs) (laughs) i i think so to sort of answer my own question in addition to your input is i guess like something concrete because i've taken this question into prayer and just like lord how is it that i can enter into this season how can i be more receptive to these mysteries how can i be more receptive to you know your your risen joy and and hope and transformation that you want to bring. And I I think it's just providential that, you know, we were just talking about the weather, but we are going through springtime, right? And so Mm -hmm. at least in the chapel inside my rectory, when you look right out the window, there's a tree that's beginning to bud, right? It's like every day the buds are blooming more and more and the leaves are coming on the trees. And so it's, it's obviously very, you know, symbolic of the whole springtime imagery of new life and renewal and everything. And I think as well that it's also getting to be ordination season Mm -hmm. in the church where you have uh, new people being ordained. And then eventually this summer you'll have, you know, newlyweds getting married and whatnot. And so there's a sense in which I feel prompted in prayer 
in this Easter season to be especially praying for just a renewal of my relationship with the Lord. Like, mm-hmm. Lord, come in with new life. Bring new life to our relationship. Bring a new springtime of love to my prayer that feels like it's kind of gone dry and sort of dark, just like with the winter months and whatnot. Like, I want my prayer to symbolize more of what's going on in the world around us outside, right? This new this new springtime, this, this new... A sense of life and whatnot. So that's one way that I'm sort of entering into prayer in this Easter season. That's that's sort of how I've articulated it, I guess, if and, that makes sense. Sure. And and I also think along with that, like a new springtime, it's like it could also be a time of, of new healing too. Mm-hmm. We think of the resurrection and even just the reading this past Sunday was Thomas. When we're recording this, it was the weekend we're doubting Thomas, right? Mm-hmm. So it was the, that was the gospel reading. And I mean, the wounds that Thomas would have touched would have been the resurrected wounds of Christ, the healing wounds of Christ. And so uh, how does the resurrected Lord heal us? It says Thomas wanted to put his finger into the wounds of Christ. How does Jesus put his finger into our wounds to heal them, right? Uh, So something that I, you know, you think of in light of the Easter season, this newness that he brings, how does he also want to bring something new as far as healing in our hearts too? Because... The more that we are healed, the more healing that we accomplish, and well, the Lord accomplishes in us, the more that we're able to live in the joy, mm-hmm. you know, we're, the more that we're able to live in the resurrection, too. So, yeah. For what it's, it's worth, as you're describing that, I, I sort of got a sense, like I might have received a word from the Lord for all of us as well, is just this idea of, like, Jesus telling us, you have permission to live differently mm. in these days. There's something about, yeah, that word permission, like you have permission, like everyone around you wants you to be bogged down and Mm. despairing and complaining and whatnot. But it's like in the Easter season, it's as if Jesus is saying to us, like, you have permission to live differently from everyone around you Mm -hmm. by entering into this transcendent, otherworldly source of joy and hope that I've brought. I don't know. That was just Mm -hmm. something that came to me as you were mentioning that. Yeah. Yeah. We have permission, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because the world is so, so anti-Christianity. It's so anti the resurrection. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we don't feel like we have the permission to do that. So that we need, okay, Jesus, can I really go do this? Well, yeah, yeah, you can. It's expected, like, go, you know. Sure. So to have that freedom to, to go forth is necessary, I think, for some people. Any other thoughts? That's all I have. I mean, uh, again, we're just entering into this Easter season and I'm just getting used to having to preach in the Easter season as well. So it's like I'm kind of learning as I'm sharing fruits of, you know, so my basically what you're others, saying so is this conversation is going to be a homily. <laughs> I mean, it'll at least help me in that conversation with that lady who was asking me this question. But well, I don't know. But I, I mean, it, if you do preach a homily, to... you could just point him to this episode, too. You know, just be that's like, true. Hey. That's true. Yeah, to be continued on the podcast, but but no, good. I, I'm I'm glad that I'm not you know fully satisfied based on the answers because that just means that there's more to explore. There's more to unpack mm-hmm. with the with the beautiful mysteries of our our faith in the Easter season. So right, yeah. Well, yeah. Like I said, we will never know everything this side of heaven, mm-hmm. but we go forth in faith, and faith too is like that's something we can ask for more of. It's a gift, and so we can ask the Lord to increase our faith. If we have a hard time believing in the resurrection or even living in the resurrection, like, Lord, increase my faith so that I'm more able to live with that joy. Amen. So, cool. Amen. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We can say it now, guys. Yeah, I was just going to yeah. say, it feels good to say that again. <laughs> so. All right, so. Good deal. We're back to one joys. We are indeed. Hmm. Father. I can go. So we might end up talking about this more on a future episode, but my sister just got confirmed. Woo! So, Woo-hoo! Yeah, shout out to Val. She's uh, she's 24, and yeah, when the time came when she was younger, just wasn't time. She just wasn't ready, and now she she was open to it, and so I got to be able to concelebrate at the Mass when it took place and just a joyous occasion and we had a, a nice time as family afterwards celebrating so that was uh, definitely a source of joy for me this week so. praise awesome. god yeah absolutely yay all right you have to go now okay i'm i'm gonna have two so the first it is, is easter so yeah that's true it's it's that fitting i'm joyous amen um she's living the easter season y'all yeah hoorah come on <laughs> anyhow so <laughs> <laughs> my my first joy is that my niece Audrey just received her first Holy Communion this past Sunday. So shout out to her. Very, very excited for her. And then my second joy is that we went down to Florida, as we just mentioned. And uh, it was a 16-hour drive. We did it overnight. That way we wouldn't have to make as many stops with the kids. So first little bit, we were pretty tired, but it was really, really good to see my brother again who lives down there and get to see Mary Tres experience this aquarium that we went to and she got to see dolphins and she was just wow 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 and so yeah it was just it was awesome to see her get to experience everything and and be there with my family and see my brother and uh his family and yeah so it was just a really awesome time and you know i got tan and came back and it was 40 degrees so and you brought back two days of beautiful weather with you, so. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. That's all I could do. Hey, <laughs> better than I nothing. was complaining about. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Emma, what, what about you? So I also have two. First one would be on Easter. So I didn't go home for Easter. One of our seminarians invited me over to his family's house for Easter dinner and so spent a few hours over there with his family and his siblings and the kids and everything. It was just really just a beautiful, beautiful time. So I was very, very grateful for that. And then the second one is just last night. So when we're recording this, this is coming out, uh, you know, obviously later than the recording date, but we had just a little get together at my apartment last night and that was just... It was really fun. And we played the Catholic card game and laughed a lot. And the kids were... <laughs> oh, my gosh. My kids destroyed your apartment. <laughs> it was... <laughs> I just... It didn't occur to me that I should, probably should have baby-proofed my apartment a little bit. And so just, yeah, Mary Therese was, like, opening every single cabinet that she could. <laughs> and then one of my closet doors in the hallway, it's, like, the entire door of the closet is mirrors. Like, it's just... A, solid mirror and so Mary Therese was standing there like banging on the mirror like talking to herself (laughs) but we couldn't see her and so we just hear this noise that she's just (laughs) looking at herself in the mirror so there's like fingerprints all over the mirror but it's fine Uh, so you know it was fun and the boys were just I mean they were all over so yeah because they can crawl now yeah it was good so (laughs) it would be my my uh my two joys so Sweet. And I guess my third one is that Craig is bringing pretzels for us. Because yeah. it's National Pretzel Day. Exactly. Woo! So he so graciously went and got pretzels for us. So I'm like Craig. eagerly. I'm so excited. He's the real MVP. He is. He our, really is. Our inner Stanley from the office is coming out. Yeah, yeah exactly. Totally. <laughs> totally. Pretzel with everything on it. <laughs> right. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and close in prayer. Somebody want to pray or I can? Go for it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Wow, good and gracious God. Thank you for the gift of the resurrection and the Holy Spirit that you give us 
the fullness of the Trinity that you give us at our baptism, that we can truly live in the joy of the resurrection. Uh, we thank you for just a couple of weeks off to rest and recuperate and just for bringing us back together to enjoy more discussion. We just ask that you bless each of us here, but also all of our listeners, that we may be so inflamed with faith and love and zeal for you that we can be joyful missionary disciples out in the world to everyone that we encounter. Mother Mary, we ask that you continue to watch over us, lead and guide us closer to the heart of your Son. Visits within the sacred heart of our Lord that we truly find our home, we find our rest, we find our peace. As we pray, glory be to the Father, and, and to, to the, the Son, Son, and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit as, as it was in the beginning, beginning is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, until next week. Okay, some, one of you was supposed that to finish God that. Bless. me up. I'm just, okay. I'm just pumped. Holy awesome. Spirit, activate. Holy Spirit, activate. Holy yeah. Spirit, activate. <laughs> okay, we'll see you next week, everyone. Bye. Bye.